Podcastle episode 210 for May 29th, 2012. Sitting around the stew pot by Patricia Russo. Rated R for language and adult themes. Or maybe young adult themes? Welcome to Podcastle. I'm M.K. Hobson, and today's story is Sitting Round the Stew Pot by Patricia Russo. Patricia Russo does not have a website. She does not blog, have a Twitter account, post on Facebook, circle people on Google+, pin images to boards on Pinterest, share Spotify playlists, have a YouTube video channel, or keep a LinkedIn account. If you Google her name, you will find a wealth of information about a woman named Patricia Russo, who was the CEO of Lucent Technologies and was number 10 on Forbes' 100 Most Powerful Women list in 2007, but that is an entirely different person, just in case you were wondering. She was asked once, in an interview, why she doesn't maintain an online presence. She answered, For me to do it would be a stressful exercise in pretense. I've given up pretending I give a shit about things that I truly do not. No more pretending, no more faking it. This has been very liberating. I wonder if this quote sheds light on why, in today's story, she chose dogs as a kind of metaphorical equivalent of spiritual purity. Dogs, as we all know, share a similar lack of pretense. They are horrible liars. Sure, every once in a while they might try to do something sneaky, but their faces always give them away. Or do they? According to research conducted by Alexandra Horowitz of Barnard College in New York, people see guilt in a dog's body language when they believe the dog has done something it shouldn't have, even if the dog is completely innocent of any malfeasance. She conducted a study that went like this. A group of dog owners were asked to leave the room after ordering their pets not to eat a tasty treat. When the owners came back, some were told that their dog had eaten the treat, some were told their dog had not. It isn't particularly surprising that the dogs looked guilty if they were scolded by their owners. What is surprising is that dogs that had not eaten the treat looked more guilty after being scolded than those that had. I'm not sure how the two halves of this intro, Patricia Russo not having a website and dogs looking extra guilty when they're scolded for crimes they haven't committed, quite fit together, but I feel certain there's a connection somewhere. If only I could DM Patricia and ask. The story is read by Kean McMahon. He's an Irish podcaster with a storytelling fetish. He's the technical manager of DCUFM. Ireland's most successful and highest quality student radio station, and he posts about his various projects on his website, www.kianmcmahon.ie. Enjoy the story. Sitting Around the Stewpot by Patricia Russo. This is a true real story, Grandpa said, stirring the mush that we were going to have to eat that night, and the next night, and the next night too, probably. He coughed for a full minute, then finally spit out a plug of gunk. He scuffed his mess into the dirt. This is a true real story, not like that shit you hear from them liars down by Blue Street. He looked at me when he said shit. I just looked back at him. Stupid old man still thought I was a boy. This is a story about the old days, he went on. The ancestor time. Do you know what ancestor means? 
I sighed and took the spoon away from him and started stirring the mush myself, because the ill man was like to let it burn. Grandpa, I said, I'm the one that reads you them old storybooks when you can't find your good glasses. This about the old days when we had dogs. Not dogs again, I said, but Grandpa had no mind to heed me. He was staring out the window at the last red edge of the sun easing under the earth. Ever since they burnt down the warehouse, Long Riverside, we got a real nice view of the sunsets. You don't remember, he murmured, and I wanted to spit myself. Sure, I remembered. I wanted to play in the warehouse when I was little, me and a bunch of other kids. We'd look for stuff. Nails and screws, bits of plastics, not yet so brittle, they couldn't be shaped. It was dangerous because of the big buckled gaps in the roofs, the fallen stairs, the crumbling walls and the rats. And sometimes men worse than rats. Only Grandpa was still jawling about dogs, not the warehouses. Time was, he said, not long ago people and dogs had a real sweet thing going. We was like partners, lived together in the same house, ate together, worked together, played together, slept together. Didn't really need no blankets in winter with a couple of dogs up on the bed with you. Not like it was all sweet, I ain't gonna lie. Dogs, they had a mind to sprawl and, and fart in their sleep. Fleas, that was a pain in the ass. Oh, and their breath, the stink. Boy, you have no idea. You think this mush here smells bad? No, Grandpa, I said, but he wasn't heeding me at all. Just wait till you've been licked all over your face by a woof-woof with tarted teeth and gums red as fire. Whoa, you like to die. He took a spoon from me and dipped up a little mush, looked at it, and let it fall back into the pot. You never will, though, will you? Get licked by a dog. Play ball with a dog, hunt with a dog. Some folks still got pictures. You know, the flat kind. Photos. Snaps. You seen them? Sure, Grandpa. I seen them. Some was beautiful. Some was but ugly. Some dumb as dirt. Some so smart. Folks swore they could talk if they just wanted to. Probably did talk when there wasn't nobody around to listen. There was all different sorts, you know. Little tiny ones you could put in a coffee mug for a joke, you know. And real big fellas, big as a pony almost. Half the work in the world, dogs did it. Hauling, fetching, guarding, hunting, watching, and blind people, and folks in those wheelie chairs. Dogs did everything for them. Opened doors, washed the dishes, dialed 911, folded the laundry. Special trained, of course. Had me one when I wasn't no bigger than you could tell time. Better than a clock he was. Used to come stick his nose in the back of me neck when it was time to get up for school. Dude, his name was. Wish I had a snap of him. I took the pot off the fire and set it aside to cool some. That ain't ready, Grandpa said. It's as ready as it's going to get, I said. He looked at me, then he looked out the window again, though it was dark now and there wasn't shit to see. When I die, you're going to be the man of the house, he said. So I've heard. Watch that sass, trying to teach you something here. Real, true history, not the garbage they talk over Blue Street. Don't be listening to that junk. I don't have to do with Blue Street. Boy, Grandpa said, I seen you, you and your cousin Mace, hanging around those yappas call themselves men. They got no sense down there. They're telling you fairy tales. They want to be women so bad. Let them chop their peckers off. Chop yours off, catch you sneaking down there again. Why is that worthless cousin of yours anyway? I didn't say nothing. He turned the spoon over and over in my hands. Got to live in the real world, Grandpa said. He wiped brown spit off his chin. Only world we got. No more dogs. The dogs ain't coming back. They left us, wishing, and I'm not going to change that. Wishing one hand, pissing the other. See what gets wet first. 
That's all they are down by Blue Street. Wishers and pissers. I seen them, I said. What? Dogs. Wolves, Grandpa said after a moment. They come and round some last few years. Foxes might could be. Hell, probably all you seen was some damn cats. You got to be careful, though, when you're out. Keep your eyes open. Don't walk in around in a dream. Coyotes. Been lots of coyotes slinking about. The women are useless. Just useless. Back before the dogs left us, it was a load better. They could smell wolves, coyotes, anything. A hundred miles away. Warn you. Growl. Their hackles. You, you, you wouldn't know what it is. Like their shoulders. Rose up and bristled. They'd set a barking and a howling. And fight? They'd fight. Grandpa nodded. They'd fight to the death. Dogs would die for you. Can't say that about women. See now? Women letting the coyotes in. Foxes. Wolves. Useless. Fucking useless. They was dogs, I said quietly. Three of them, on the other side of the river. I took down two bowls from the shelf. Mush today, mush tomorrow. Day after, though, I was going to go work in Uncle Cuff's garden. Uncle Cuff was all froze up with arthritis and a bigger pain in the neck than Granda. But he minded that garden good. Where is your cousin Mace? Grandpa asked. Went hunting. Hell, did he? Grandpa worked his mouth, chewing air. I plopped our dinner into the bowls. Get the bowl in his hands, the mush in his mouth. Maybe he shut up already. Dude, he said, and I groaned inside me. Dude was the bestest dog, but he would have left with the others if he had been alive. They all went away, every last one. Don't you be paying no mind to them liars down by Blue Street. No, Granta. Think you're grown, don't you? He said. He took the bowl, but kept it in his lap, not stirring, not blowing, not eating. Been grown for a while, sir. He shook his head. Got me mad. I knew I had to be careful with Granda and Uncle Cuff and everybody else. With Mace it was different. At least I thought so. He would give me these looks sometimes, like the two of us was in this together. He never sassed the men, though. Always acted respectful, nodding and making believe he was swallowing down everything they said. You've been lucky so far, Mace would say, but you gotta watch your ass. He was right, but the mad grabbed hold of me real hard, and I said, What happened to my mother? Nothing. I hit the stew pot with the side of my spoon. Bang! Nothing special, Granda said. Nothing different, you know. His eyes were narrow. He made a fist and beat on his knee a couple of times. Tell me that story, I said. Tell me the true real story, since that bug up your ass cut your tongue strings. Go on. You got a mouth. Got me some other stuff, too. All the same story, he said, after a moment. Dogs stopped loving us. Dogs lost interest, went away. So the woman had to work. Piss poor job they did of it too. You're damn my mother. She couldn't hold worth spit. And he spat right on my foot. Give me a dog any day. Give you a dog. Might be you ain't gonna like what you get. Boy, don't make me get up out of this chair. Boy, 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 Mace told me. Watch your ass. You've been getting away with it because your mama was smart and granda, you know. He ain't so sharp. Get up on, out of it, I said and tossed my mush back into the pot, bowl, spoon and all. I seen the dogs. Shut you, fool, I seen them, on the other side of the river. Scouts peered like, skitterish sniffing the wind, ears twitching every which way, but looking at us, staring. One of them barked, kind of low and soft, but that bark, it carried across the water. Heard it fine and clear. You heard shit, Grandpa said, but his voice wobbled. He sat his bowl on the floor. Wait a minute, who's us? Nobody. Me. You. You ain't a titty baby. More use than a girl. May see him too. 
I didn't do with Mace. He got no time for nothing, except hunting. Hunting. That's another one wants his butt whopped. Ain't no man in a city fool enough to let that one hold his gun. Not even those soft-brained bastards down by blue. What are you hunting with? A rock and a stick? You and him. Two of a kind. Not enough sense between you to find an acorn in a wood of oaks. Where'd you see these dogs you dreamed up? There was something in Grandpa's eye. More than just the mad that was always there. More than just mockery and meanness. I never should have opened my mouth. Should have just ate my damn mush and gone to bed. Grandpa leaned over and picked his bell again. Tomorrow you're going to take me down there. Show me where. No. No, you live in my house, boy. You eat my food. You don't never say no to me. This is my mother's house, I said. And that mush in your bowl? It comes from the meal I ground. The meal Uncle Cuff gave me after I worked his garden two days. Grandpa dropped the bowl not caring if it broke or spilled out or nothing. He tugged at the knot on his rope belt. Oh yeah, I said. Sure, you are older than dirt. You couldn't whip a three-legged roach. All the old men, they pass in one by one. What are you holding on for? You think maybe you live to be two, three hundred? Them dogs gonna come back, lick your face, haul your sleds, hunt your deer for you? Guard your fences, mend your drawers? You think you're sitting in that broken-ass chair, but you're really in a dream. The dogs, they don't want you. That much you got right. Dogs are sick of you old men. You gonna learn me about dogs now? Get out of my house. You got no call to talk to me like that. My mother's house. Yeah, well, she got no use for it now, does she? You put her out. You said, you a bitch. Go work with the bitches. Son, he said, his hand still on the knot of his belt. That's just the way the world is. Been like this since I was a boy. Old dude, he wasn't in the ground maybe a month before the dogs all up and walked off from us. So the woman got to do the work. What you think? The government gonna do it? Somebody telling you stories because you don't remember your mother, know how. She tended you two, three years, then went back to work. Like they all do. Them's the rules. I got me any sisters, Granda? He shrugged. Four you were born, there were maybe a couple. You don't need to worry none about that, though. The woman keep track. When the time comes, you need to get your pecker good and baptised. They'll send over a couple, three. Good young bitches. Ain't related. You bother them in your mind. Maybe you're going to fuck your sisters. Nah. The woman, they know what's what. Besides, he said, grinning. You still got a ways to go yet. You ain't got nothing but a baby finger down there. I walked towards the door. Where are you going? You told me to get out, remember? Yeah, and now I'm telling you to build up this damn fire again. He kicked his foot at it. And clean up this mess. He jerked his chin at the bowl and spoon on the floor. I want some damn dinners before breakfast time. World's gonna go to hell when boys don't mind their elders. World was gone to hell long before that, I reckon. You get your ass back in here. I ain't playing. If Mace had been there, he'd have called me a fool. You growin'. He said to me, but you got a couple years left before the old fart catches on. He got that one eye all white, and he never been too bright in the head anyways. Lay low, keep your head down, and your strapping's tight. Wait. Wait for what? He never said. Wait for him, might be he meant. But I didn't want to wait no more. I seen the dogs, and the dogs seen me. It was me they were staring at, not Mace, that time by the river. They never even looked at Mace. He didn't say nothing, but I figured that he felt bad, because he didn't want to talk about it either. I seen the dogs, I said, swinging the door open slow, the way it had to, because it had just but one hinge left. 
They coming back, but not for you. They coming to get the women. You been chewing that loony weed, boy. Grandpa was up out of the chair now. You been drinking that Blue Street shine. There were three dogs, crossed the river that time, and two women with them. Couldn't swear by it, it had been so long, and they'd been so far off, but I think one of them was my mother. I didn't say none of that to Grandpa, naturally. Going at the door, all I said was, Hope that mush sticks in your gullet, hope it chokes you. And him, in the doorway, yelled after me, You crazy! You round the bend! Dogs don't have to do with them women! Dogs have to do with men! And you ain't a man yet, boy! Not by a long shot! I walked away. Grandpa stayed in the doorway a while, yelling. In the darkness, the only light, a couple of lamps flickering from windows that had lost their shades, I picked my way slowly down to the river. Maybe the dogs would be there again. Maybe they wouldn't. In the morning, I'd figure out how to cross the water. Those two women I saw did it, so there had to be a way. Would Mace tell? Probably. Most I could hope for, he'd hold out for a bit. Couldn't go back now, any roads. One more mouth to feed. So... I'd cross the water, then hunt out a place in the ruins to hunker down in, somewhere no one from our side of the river could spot me, and wait. Wait for the dogs to come stick their cold wet noses in the back of my neck, and lick my face. Maybe and maybe, I thought, lead me far away from here, to where the free people might could be. And welcome back. Where have all man's best friends gone? Man, dogs are so loyal. Hard to believe how awful things would have to get for them to turn their backs on us, isn't it? Especially if the dogs can cook or clean, do dishes and laundry for us. Okay, I admit, if I had a dog that did all that, I'm afraid I might take it for granted. But I like the idea of one of the final judgments against man being made by his best friend. I also like the hope at the end of this one, too. Their redemption might be as wet and soft as a dog's kiss. Okay, feedback this week is for Liz Argyle's tale of roller derby's sisterhood, the tale of Princess Bite, her mother Lady Shove, and the undoing of wishes. The Rugged Track, read by Tina Connolly. Generally, comments consisted of things like win or kick ass, and it seemed like everyone loved Tina's reading. I think this comment from Ye summed it up for me, at least. I resurrected my account to say something I thought I would never say. A story about roller derby just made me cry. Great reading for a great story. This is one that's going to stick with me for a long time. If you want to hear Tina read more of Liz Argyle's work, do yourself a favor and head on over to her flash fiction podcast, Toasted Cake, and check out Argyle's very sweet, To the Moon. And while you're trotting down the internet, come on over across the river to forum.escapeartist.net and let us know what you thought of this week's story or any of the stories that we've run in the past. And if you like what we're doing, please consider visiting podcastle.org and making a donation. Every single cent goes to paying our authors so we can bring you great fantasy fiction week after week. And if you can't afford to donate, maybe tweet, blog, write a review on iTunes, or tell a friend about us. Thank you so much. Well, that was our show for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. Podcastle's made up of associate editor Ann Leckie, guest host MK Hobson, 
sound producer Peter Wood, and your editors Anna Schwind and myself, Dave Thompson. From all of us to all of you, thank you for letting us share another story with you. We'll be back next time with a very special story by David W. Goldman that will, well, let you choose what kind of adventure you want it to take you on. Until then, wait on the other side of the river for the dogs to return and lick your face. See you in a week. Podcastle is a production of Escape Artists Incorporated and is distributed on a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. Share it, but don't change it or sell it. Our theme music is by Shiva in Exile. You can find them at magnatune.com. You can discuss this episode of Podcastle or nearly anything else on our forums. Just visit forum.escapeartist.info. And if you like science fiction or horror, be sure to visit our sister podcasts, Escape Pod and Pseudopod. And if you enjoyed this episode, tell a friend, or post to your blog about it, or consider donating via the PayPal link on our site. Marilyn Monroe said, Dogs never bite me, just humans. Humans.